Blog Talk Radio. Keep it locked, locked on Hindsight Radio. Who has created the slum and the ghetto that you're living in? Nothing but a death. And since the American white man has used his control over the press and over the textbooks and over all forms of media uh, to make it appear that uh, uh, he has done us a favor by bringing us here and enslaving us, then the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has to rewrite history or retell history. And since the white man can't uh, dispute this truth, he tries to defend himself by saying that Mr. Muhammad is teaching hate. It's not hate to say that we were kidnapped and brought here. It's true. It's not hate to say that we were Jim Crow, discriminated and segregated. It's true. It's not hate to say that the Supreme Court, which is the highest court in this country, came up with a hypocritical uh, uh, desegregation decision nine years ago, which they haven't enforced yet. That's not hate. That's truth. You're quoted as having said when an airliner crashed with a number of white people on board, but you were glad it happened. The white race in this country collectively are guilty of these crimes that our people are suffering from uh, collectively, and therefore they would su- suffer some uh, collective disaster, collective grief, grief. And when that plane crashed in France with 130 white people on it, and we learned that 120 of them were from the state of Georgia, the state that my own grandfather's was a slave in, why, to me, it couldn't have been anything but an act of God, a blessing from God, and I frankly and sincerely pray for similar blessings from him to repeat themselves as often as he can spare But I take it then you support the, uh, the freedom-loving attempts of the uh, peaceful marchers in Alabama and these places. You don't get freedom peacefully. Freedom is never uh, safeguarded peacefully. Anyone who is depriving you of freedom isn't deserving of, an, of a peaceful approach. Uh, by the ones who are being deprived of their freedom. And when black people in this country uh, uh, come out from under the mental straitjacket that the Negro clergymen have placed them in and begin to see that the only way you can get freedom is to get it the same way the white man in this country got it from England, or uh, he says he got it from England. He was willing to pay the price for freedom. When, when you're willing to pay the price for freedom, then you'll get it. But the Negro in this country has never been willing to pay the price for his freedom. All of the price that we have been, that we've been paying in the past has been uh, freedom for the white man. We fought abroad so that the white man in America could be free today to sick police dogs on us, to beat our people in the heads with, with police clubs, and to turn water holes on, on little women and children and babies simply because they want to walk down the street like decent human beings. That's now the only way you can have peace is to eliminate those injustices, and the American white man is not going to eliminate them. He's going to talk that pretty talk, but he'll still continue to practice those inhuman deeds. You got the Honorable Elijah's message yourself behind prison walls. Uh, when I was a Christian, I committed many crimes, uh, and uh, those crimes led to my own imprisonment, and also led to my being very atheistic, agnostic person, then atheistic. And it was only after hearing the religious teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that I became religious and was able to reform myself and rehabilitate myself. But I learned that after trying to reform and rehabilitate myself that the American white man was more against me then than he was when I was a criminal, when I had criminal tendencies and was trying to carry out or practice his Christianity. Do you blame Christianity for your crimes? Christianity is one of the uh, real causes of most of the uh, condition that black people in this country uh, are confronted with. It's the religious concept that Christianity has given Negroes in this country that makes us almost incapable of solving our own problems. Uh, the black man in this country has a different religious concept when he's a Christian than the white man has. If you notice, the black man is the only one who will turn the other cheek. Uh, 
to his enemy or who will love his enemy or who will pray for those who despitefully use him just because he thinks that's what Jesus wants him to do. Now, the white man preaches the same thing, but he doesn't practice it. Now, this refusal to integrate, surely it must lead to demands for your own state in America. The black people in this country have been like a, a, a misfit wife uh, married to the white man here who hasn't treated us right. And today, since we have given up all hope of him ever changing, we want a divorce. We want a complete separation, but we want a property settlement. And we think that the white man, we, we, we think that the American government should give us a property settlement, which means part of this country, which they robbed from the Indians with our help, and which they have worked up to make the kind of land that it is today. Do you think this really practical? Don't you think that the future really lies with a peaceful transformation of the scene? If uh, the uh, American government, the Supreme Court, the President of the United States, the Congress and the Senate, and all these white liberals have said that they're for integration, and these Negroes haven't gotten any more integration than, than they have, well, that's more impractical than separation. Practical means that which you can practice. And if the Supreme Court and the Army and the Navy and the government and the President are supposed to be for integration and you still can't get it, why, good night, you can't get this impossible. But we can get separation overnight because we already have it. Mr. Malcolm, thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. I thank you for letting the people over in Europe know what they like man in this country is doing to black people and the hypocrisy he's practicing when he accuses them over there of not getting their house in order. 20 million black people in this country have been just as thoroughly colonized by the American white man in a more shrewd, modern way than all of the colonized people in Angola, South Africa, or any other part of this world. But the white man over here hides his own dirt by constantly pointing toward Britain and France and Portugal and these other countries and accusing them of being colonial powers when he mastered colonialism before those countries ever knew what it was. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Keep it locked, locked on Hindsight Radio. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be, 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 whisper words of wisdom, let it be. And when the broken-hearted people living in But though they may be parted, there is still a chance that they will see. There will be an answer. Let it be.
Hindsight Radio. to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or a repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we are dealing in hate. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. Who taught you to hate the texture of your hair? Who taught you to hate the color of your skin to such extent that you bleach to get like the white man? Who taught you to hate the shape of your nose and the shape of your lips? Who taught you to hate yourself from the top of your head to the soles of your feet? Who taught you to hate your own kind? Who taught you to hate the race that you belong to? So much so that you don't want to be around each other. No, before you come asking Mr. Muhammad, does he teach hate, you should ask yourself, who taught you to hate being what God gave you? And I, for one, as a Muslim, believe that the white man is intelligent enough. If he were made to realize how black people really feel and how fed up we are without that old compromising sweet talk, Stop sweet-talking him. Tell him how you feel. Tell him how, what kind of hell you've been catching, and let him know that if he's not ready to clean his house up, if he's not ready to clean his house up, he shouldn't have a house. It should catch on fire and burn down. And what you preach and what you 
and we lost contact. And now we are in direct contact. And once a month, I'll be bringing her infinite wisdom of health uh, information to the show. Uh, but before I do all of that, I just want to say a couple of things. The world is one big powder keg. And all it takes is one little spark to set it off. Right now, they're marching all over the place. Black Lives Matter. It is it, it this message has infiltrated every facet of our society. I turn on my Xbox One getting ready to play my Call of Duty because that's how I relieve a little stress, you know. I, I, shoot, I shoot people on, on video games instead of doing it in real life. So I'm pulling it up, you know, want to get on the board that I'd like to play the most is Shipment. And I'm gearing up, and guess what? COVID, not COVID, Black Lives Matter message all throughout the game. I said, what in the world is this? Isn't this some program going on? See, this was stuff is was predicted by Noble Juwali. Now, follow me for a second. Now, we got, now I'm watching some of the images, and most of the people out there marching are, you know, European women. And in some of the marches, they're holding up black dildos. Black Lives Matter. Right? <laughs> I'm like, mm, 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 mm. So it reminded me of something that Noble Juali said back in the 1800s. He said, and I quote, One day, your biggest trouble won't be getting with European women. It will be fighting them all. See, what has happened with the Black Lives Matter? Because everybody got their own little selfish agenda in this thing. You know, they're piggybacking off of this man's tragic death. See, these, these European women have been secretly wanting to get with the brothers. Now, some do what I don't care. So they don't care who they get with, you know. They don't have that problem. But there's a large majority that was secretly desiring that. Now, this whole movement has made it Okay. Yeah. And when you watch programming on TV, they have pushed the sisters. They are, are, are the dark skin sister is invisible on TV. And if there is one, they got to play in some type of role where she's sleeping with someone's husband. It's not a good role. And I'm specifically talking about the dark skin sister. Not the light-skinned one. She gets plenty of roles, you know, on television. But you, the dark-skinned sister is non-existent in mainstream media. And if she's there, she's on different roles. Like you got Oprah, she's dark-skinned. But, you know, who's pushing for Oprah? She ain't, you know? Oh, you know, the only thing Oprah got going for her is, you know, she's got money. But looks-wise, you know. Not my type, <laughs> but but they use them to dog the brothers out. You know, whenever there's a scandal with a brother, they are 
preaching and they they are ready to talk about that. But when the you know the white guys are getting have a scandal, they oh you know that's trash and they move on. You know the sisters get into round tables, they create videos, they dog the brother. That's what they use her for in mainstream media. Now, it is no secret that the brothers have been abused, you know, highly incarcerated, number one shot dead by the police, abused or beat up. I mean, I experienced police brutality when I was a teenager. All because they couldn't find what they wanted. You know, they were trying to get me for selling drugs, and I wasn't doing that. So they just started pounding on me because they couldn't get what they wanted. Now, let me be honest. The the one cop that was the most aggressive was the black cop. (laughs) It was two white cops and one black, and the brother was the most aggressive. The Sambo was the most aggressive, you know. I think a cop like that, a brother like that, I, I think Coon is being polite. <laughs> Would you call it that? He's worse than, he's lower than dirt. Oh, uh, he was the most abusive. And, um, but back to my point, this has put the, this is a deliberate programming. And now, through this move with all this marching, there's going to be a lot of mixed babies coming out of this uh, situation. And I think it's time for us to take a hard look at ourselves as a people. The sisters got to take a hard look at themselves. You know, what are we going to do as a people? The brothers got to look at hard to look at yourselves. What are we going to do? All this enmity we've had amongst each other, you know, our sisters are the highest single, you know, it's like a damn near seventy percent single. You know, our sisters, that's what they're facing. Now we got this whole, you know, you know, marching Black Lives Matter thing, that's gonna you know, that the the playing field's gonna get tough and a lot of these brothers are, you know, kinda on, you know, are so shell shocked from the abuse they've gotten from all sides, they gonna like that attention. You know, they want to be around someone who makes them feel strong and um, and also who acts truly feminine. You know, don't have that masculine energy, you know, that I don't need, you know, that, that tough persona that sometimes we experience. Oh. Um, I said, man, they setting it up. Good. It's it, and it's so easy to see how people could just be misled and drawn in all directions just by a simple incident. But I'm gonna tell you this: this is a powder keg, and sparks are coming. You know, when you listen to the 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 the. Uh, the recording that I'm going to play, you're going to see what's coming. You know, I'm not going to, I'm, I, I, I know what's coming for sure because I can see it every day. But, but along with that agenda, they're pushing. 
for this black man, white woman relationship. They're really pushing hard for that for whatever reason. Because they, 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 what they did was they did it on TV a lot first. Even in cartoons, I was watching my in, – in the kids' shows, I was watching a show. They had a dark-skinned young man with an Irish young lady. And they were in middle school. And this is every all of the, everything now. This 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 image, this program. See, they throw the programming at you first, and then they create a situation to make it work. What is the agenda? Only you know, I got my guesses. I'm not going to go into all of that. But we need to start working together, showing up our finances, showing up our food sources, being able to grow your food, so you can just go out in the backyard and get the food. Because that's going to be a major problem come in a few weeks. It's a problem already. You just don't see all of the problem. I went into the grocery store today. They had no uh, roast beef, pastrami, those type of meats that you can get cut, you know, to, to make sandwiches out of. All they had was turkey breast. The whole thing fill up with turkey breast. <laughs> you know. That's not a bad thing, but what I'm saying is that's unusual, you know. And before I play this recording, uh, the Name Change webinar is available on my website, akemail.com, the one I just did uh, over a week ago, two weeks ago almost, week and a half ago. Um, very good webinar. It's going to show you how to change that in legis, get out of that slave status uh, with them viewing your name on your documents. Uh, I've already introduced y'all to it by way of the POA, but now you're going to get a official court order to solidify that. Um, we are announcing the uh, how to buy a farm, buy a arm as a national. Uh, Jennifer and Tage is going to be working on that. We'll give you the date uh, soon. They'll probably announce the date coming Thursday. Most might do that. Uh, all right, I wanted to read this thing, Luke chapter 21, and it says in verse 25, there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, distressed among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will be will faint from fear, foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Right now, people are working out, faint out of fear. They don't know what's coming next. 2020 is turning out to be a beast for some people, creating all kinds of anxiety. You know, we came from COVID-19 to Black Lives Matter demonstrations, peaceful demonstration in the street. The, the, the police is using military tactics on peaceful demonstrators, like they don't get the message that this is why we, people are writing because of their brutality towards people. They send in the message. And all it takes is one bullet, one bullet to set this thing into chaos. What I say is take your, care of your family, protect your family, uh, if you can get you some firearms, get it. Be prepared. Go to the range while you can and practice, practice, practice. Because 
one day you might need that practice. You know, someone asked me, do I really need a gun? I said, it's always good to be prepared. You don't know what's going to happen. You're not looking for violence, but violence might come knocking on your door. If we do face a famine or food shortage in this country, what do you think people are going to start doing? Kicking down doors to get fed. You know, we got see, Black Lives Matter is a distraction, y'all. For real. It is. But anyway, let me uh, not hold it up and go ahead and play this recording. Really good information she shared. Really good. We talked about COVID-19, some statistics. I left the, the link for you in the chat to go read the source where she shows about this one patient. They did a study who was asymptomatic and shows how many people got infected. And you will be appalled and surprised by that answer. Um, so here we go. Peace to the gods. You're listening to Hindsight Radio. Oh, introduce yourself, Dr. Daniels. How are you? Hi, Dr. Daniels. I am fine. <laughs> this is one of many interviews, and uh, a lot of things have happened. But before we get into it, tell you know who you are, what you do, what you have, what products you sell. Please. Oh, my gosh. My name is Dr. Jennifer Daniels. I was born and educated in the United States as a physician. I attended Harvard University undergrad, University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine, and Wharton Business School, receiving degrees with honors from all three. And um, I was in private practice for 10 years in an inner-city neighborhood, run a very successful practice. And I, I learned that, or observed, that nothing I was taught in medical school seemed to be working. It just was not effective. And I started using natural methods with great success. Ultimately, um, my license was suspended, and I was prevented from working a jobs of any kind. My ability to travel was restricted, and I left the United States. So it restricted you. Was it because you were healing people, or was it something else? They don't have to give a reason. <laughs> right. You're right about that. It, it, you know, a lot of people get all caught up in that part, but what really happened was the government exercised uh, a certain type of behavior, mm-hmm. and people looked on and tolerated it. And so now what was done to me back then is now being done to everybody. Everyone right. is in lockdown. Everyone is prevented from working. Everyone is having their travel restricted. Right. So all the people that thought you were a conspiracy theorist or someone who was... Oh, no, I was never a conspiracy theorist. No, no, I was never. I believed in the government until they did it to me. I, I, I just didn't even know it could be done. Right. I thought that doctors were licensed so that the public could be safe, not so that the government could uh, take away the license from anyone who they disagreed with or didn't like. Right. I thought as long as you weren't harming patients, as long as you were helping people, then your license was fine. And that, well, no, it's not true at all. So I would say to anybody, um, any and all government licensure should be licensure should be stopped, should be suspended. Um, and that's an important thing to do because those lic- that licensing process is used as a fundraiser, number one, 
and number two is to keep everyone basically obligated to the government as a de facto government employee. So if someone is licensed, they're basically an employee, a government employee, even though they may be on the face of it running their own business. Yeah, they have to do what the government tells them to do, even right. if it's We're not in the best interest of their customers. Right. Um, so we all online. Oh, wait, so now I work online and I have a, a uh, flagship product, Vitality Capsules, right. regular extra strig that helps people lose their shit. <laughs> <laughs> it actually does. I take them every day. <laughs> I've switched to the uh, the regular okay. The, the regular, uh-huh, yeah. I take two of those. If I take one of the extra shrimp, all I need is one. Right. But, exactly. like, what I ate last night, I saw this morning. So, it's it, it's, it has made me regular. Um, and exactly. I noticed, I don't know, when I take them on a regular basis, and when I'm eating right, when I'm drinking enough water, my body has become more sensitive to different things. Like if I don't drink enough water, I can actually sense that I don't have enough water in me. Correct. You and your body have a better communication. Right. Before, when you didn't drink enough water, things were going poorly, but your body says, ah, why tell them? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Now right. Says, hey, wait, can we get some more water here? Right. Yeah. And all, you know, just most things is fixed just with a couple of glasses of water. Exactly. You know, exactly. and that's it. Oh, uh, because I was having issues because I traveled over the weekend, and mm-hmm. you know when you're traveling, you're not getting enough water, especially exactly. if you're in a hotel. Um, and I've noticed something with my throat, feeling like I was something was in my chest. But then I just drank a couple of glasses of water, and it's gone. Perfect. Um, yep. Exactly. So, and by the way, really, really upgrade your immune system so your body can heal very quickly. Right. I try to buy them as I got a I got a stash right now. I probably got about fifteen bottles. Okay. <laughs> because you know I don't you never know what's gonna happen. You you know not, you know that I know ingredients are getting harder to get, and sourcing the right ingredients is hard. So whenever exactly. we have had serious challenges, our next step is to actually fly to South Africa, and get an agreement directly with the farmers because. Oh. Uh, we've been having really difficult, we've been having great difficulty with uh, the suppliers in the U.S. Once we buy the, from the suppliers in the U.S., one, price is very high for the ingredients. Mm-hmm. Number two, the quality is, we had to reject a lot of stuff because they were, they were not sending us the right part of the plant. It wasn't the right quality. And so now we're like, okay, fine. We have to go to the farm. Now we're finding the reason the price is so high. So the price of the farm it's just like uh, five, five to seven dollars a pound, which is reasonable. But right. once you get once you get stateside, it's twenty seven dollars a pound. Wow, that's exactly. a big So now we're learning th- that there are a lot of tariffs and things that happen at the U.S. border that jack that price up. Because the shipping it brings it to ten dollars a pound, mm-hmm. but it goes up another seventeen dollars because of the tariff and regulations and fees that have to be paid to the U.S. government. Mm. So So people have no idea the many levels in which they are prevented from receiving quality supplements. All because of taxes. No, no. Government intervention at every level. So first you have taxes, then you have tariffs, then Mm. you have licensing fees, and then once the product is assembled, 
now you've got issues with the FDA saying, oh, you can't let people know what it does. Oh, you can't um, sell this or you can't sell that. Then you, you know, then you have doctors losing their license for recommending these things. So there's many different levels, barriers between people getting quality um, botanicals that are going to be good for their health. And literally, people outside the United States have better access because their governments are not as organized right. and controlled by special interests, let's say. Right. Um, what amazed me when I do travel outside of the country, which someone like I've been to Costa Rica, um, Costa Rica, I'm going to talk about that one. All of their vegetables are growing on their fruits are on the trees, right in their yards, right? But for yeah. some reason, they're looking at the U.S. as this big place they want to be. I'm like, I had to tell a guy, I said, all your stuff you need is right there in your yard. We wish we had those things in our yard. We well, can't. Costa Rica has like a 70% taxation rate. Whoa. Uh, they have a 15% excise tax. So <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's really difficult. Wow. That's why they can't really get ahead. Um, they should go for the locals. So us coming there as a tourist with <laughs> a pile of cash that we've already paid taxes on in the United States, right. we don't experience that local taxation rate. All we see is the fifteen uh, percent sales tax rate. Right. Yeah. Well, seventy percent—that's that's oppressive. <laughs> it is very uh, oppressive. Let me look up exactly what it is. But yeah, you know, I was talking to someone from Costa Rica, like, holy cow! Oh my gosh. Yeah. So while you're doing that, um, coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Yeah. Um. Some people say it's real. Some people say it's not. Me personally, I don't think it's anything different than with the flu we deal with every year. Just look, just if you just look at the numbers. Okay, here know. I found it. Um, that's still pretty high. Yeah. Um, or a, where they don't have really a big economy. They don't. They don't. Um, they don't have a lot of jobs there. It doesn't matter. But if you want to buy something, you have to pay thirteen percent sales tax right. on it. That's the point. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing available to you is what comes off the tree. But clothes don't fall off the tree. Electricity doesn't right. fall off the tree, <laughs> you right. know. So, yeah, 13% sales tax on absolutely everything. But there's an extra tax on tourist stuff. Right. And then um, they have their income tax. Here it says personal income tax is expected to reach 15% by 2020. Um, so that's not what the locals tell me. They, they're, they're subject to some pretty burdensome taxes. Hmm. But anyway, the COVID. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> All right, so some people, not us, some right. people, NIH, PubMed, have done research on how contagious is COVID. Mm-hmm. So for their research, they took one person who was COVID positive. They did a test, positive. No mm-hmm. symptoms, but he was positive, COVID positive. Mm-hmm. And his contacts were traced. They found 450 contacts that he had. Mm-hmm. 128 of those contacts were family members. Now, I want you to think, do you even know 128 family members of yours? No. Okay. So, I'd be good if I get to 10 or 15. Correct. Yeah. So this person was living in a situ- serious overcrowding situation. Right. 
Right. So if you had the ability to even contact 128 of your relatives within a week, <coughs> I would say 30 of them would need to be in the same house with you pretty much. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. So we have a person in a serious overcrowding situation, 450 contacts, and they tested all of them for COVID over a period of time. How many do you think became COVID positive? I don't think many of them did. Hey, pick a number. Come on. Uh, I'd say about roughly around 10. Zero. Zero. <laughs> so it's not contagious. <laughs> now that's your conclusion. It can't be contagious if you... Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm trying to tell you is the folks who wrote the study did not come to that conclusion. Yeah, I'm saying it's not contagious if that... I mean, obviously it's not contagious. I mean, this guy, I mean, we're talking sleeping six people to a bed. How do you get 30 people in a house, right? Right. Right. We're not talking about some king with a palace or a mansion. So we're looking at a three-bedroom house with 100 people. Right. All right. This guy is not able to transmit it even one person. Right. Yeah. What was their conclusion? <laughs> I cannot, you know, you can't make this up. I'm going to have to read this to you because that's just how bizarre it is. <laughs> Here it is. Characters of household transmission. Household transmission. I, I want to tell you, this guy, you know, he lives in, this, is a, this is serious slum housing. Oh, no, it's in Spanish. Oh, I don't have it. This is crazy. This is crazy. Uh, NCBI, SARS. Oh, no, put it in Spanish. 10 to 15 people. I don't, you know, just looking at my family, we were just, my niece graduated from junior high, and now they're doing all of the Zoom parties, right? But you need to get 450 people to come to her graduation. (laughs) Right. So we were all at my mom's house. It was me, my mom, dad. It wasn't even 10 of us in that house. I've been thinking maybe seven or eight. And that's the most we have gotten together since January when we had their anniversary. Um, and he, just immediate family, yeah, it's not even, you can't even get, to, it's hard to get to. Here it is. Clinical characteristics of asymptomatic infections. A study of infectivity. Asymptomatic SARS. Okay, here it is. <laughs> here it is. It's like, could you not? Is this? Yep. 196 family members and 224 hospital staff, 455 contacts, excuse me, let's be precise. And the, um, where's the conclusion? Results. Conclusion. In summary, all of the 455 contacts were excluded from SARS COVID infection. Mm. That's pretty abstruse. Excluded from means we tested them and they were negative. Mm. But they're not going to tell you that. They don't want to. They don't want to admit that. But they they put it in this convoluted language. Okay. And we conclude that the infectivity of some asymptomatic SARS carriers might be weak. Might be weak. Zero. Zero people. Four hundred fifty-five. I mean, if you don't, weak means there's a possibility that somebody can get infected. There was no infection. There was so, zero possibility in this study. Zero possibility. So to be honest, they'd have to say that their study showed zero possibility 
of COVID transmissibility, and more studies would need, need to be done to see if there was infect. But wait, this is even better. No severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2 infections was detected in 455 contacts by, wait for it, nucleic acid tests. What's that? <laughs> that means they friggin' looked for the actual DNA of the virus and found none. Mm. This gets even better. This is, this is great. Okay. Website, the contact time for patients was four days. Are you kidding? Four days face-to-face. We're, we're, we're on, you know, Zoom or something here, right? So we're looking at each other, but you're not sitting right there, and I'm not sitting right here. What they're saying is COVID positive was sitting in one place, person sitting next to him for four days. They were in contact four days, not 10 minutes, not 15 minutes, not walking by the street, four days. Possibly using the same restroom. Well, but most again, we're just looking at 196 family members, all right? right? You know what it takes to get together 196 family members. That's Even true. if you got 10 family members together, you were in pretty close quarters there. Right. There's <laughs> it's right. no room to move around. No. Okay. So, and still they could not contact it. But here's the deal. Um, some people actually got Okay, during the quarantine, several, seven patients plus one family member appeared with new respiratory symptoms, where fever was the most common one. So seven plus one, that's eight. Eight people of the 455 got a fever. None of them tested positive for COVID. So it's something else. Whatever. Yeah, it's something else. You you can come in contact with a COVID-positive person, you can get a fever or whatever, but it's not from COVID because you can't get it. So this makes it really clear. Social distancing, irrelevant. Mask, irrelevant. Disinfectant, forget it. Right. Hand washing, are you really kidding me? Right. Out of 196 people wash their hands every day. <laughs> Which sink did they use? Right. <laughs> I, I, in the airport, I watch people walk out of the bathrooms all the time without washing their hands. No. You have 196 people in one bathroom. If they all use the bathroom once a day, it would be a continual line. It could, it's not physically possible. Right. That's right. all I'm saying. I'm not saying they didn't want to. All I'm saying is they didn't even have the facilities to. Right. Right. <laughs> so what, what, what's the source? What is that source that you're looking at? Um, National Library of Medicine. La- National Library of Medicine. Okay. I'm going to give you the link right here. You share this link with whoever wants to know. Right. Whoever wants to know. Let's see, where do I put it? Oh, here. Yeah, right in the chat. And I'll have it. Uh, did you get it yet? No. no, I didn't. Yeah, I got it. There it is. You sent oh, it to me privately. There it is right there. Got it. This is so amazing. Yeah. So now that we know, you can't get it sleeping in the bed with, your, with 10 of your... 196 relatives. <laughs> Can we just open up with no precautions? Forget the distancing. Forget the contact tracing. There's no point in tracing the contact if none of them are infected and it can't be transmitted. Right. So all of these positive tests we're getting, are these faulty tests or are, they, are these made up? Uh, what is it? Okay, you know, so we have to clear up your language here. Mm-hmm. 
when you say faulty tests, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, I think this, these tests are not accurate. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't trust the test. That's me. You say accurate. Okay. What do you mean by, what do you mean by accurate? You could have something else and they're just calling it, you got COVID-19, you know? Okay. Yes, that is correct. That is correct. And this is a big stress for most people emotionally and mentally, but Mm. these tests are random number generators. What does that mean? That (laughs) means they detect a protein that is randomly present in the population. Right. It has nothing to do with uh, any infection at all. So that means anybody could have this, whatever that test, everybody pretty much could have it. That test could could turn positive, and it in no way signifies disease. Right. And because it's a protein, and this is a human protein, they're very clear, uh, that's, that's produced in the human body, your body might produce it, my body doesn't. Contacting mm. you cannot make my body produce that protein. It's right. an intrinsic property of me. My body produces that protein. Mm-hmm. And so, so there are people in the population whose body produce this protein that they're measuring. And those people are turning up COVID positive. And that's it. That's all there is to it. And you can test from now till kingdom come, a certain number of people are going to test positive. And whether you test positive or not, is not an indication of disease or future disease. Or death. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. 100% death. All right, you're going to die. I'm going to die. We got this figured out, okay? okay. Oh, you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think Chris Rock who said, you're going to die. Or Dave Chappelle, one of them says, you're going to die. <laughs> but does it make your death happen sooner Yeah. than if your test was negative? The answer is no. Okay. Um. What was I going to say? The big thing was they were saying African-Americans are dying from it more than other ethnic groups. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So African-Americans, when exposed to medical therapy, are the victim of malpractice and doctor-assisted suicide more often than other groups. This is a phenomenon. Right. So the thing to understand is all these people, these African-Americans, uh were under medical therapy at the time that they died. Right. So all they do is they relabel the doctor-caused death as COVID deaths and say, oh, blacks are at greater risk. Okay. I'll tell any black, if you don't want to die of COVID, do not accept injections of any kind and, you know, stop seeing your doctor. Right. (laughs) Even among whites. Right. The death from COVID is associated with medical intervention. So what has happened is this is a manufactured situation, and they need to create dead bodies. And if you show up to med- for medical care of any kind, then you're kind of like presenting yourself for recycling. Right. Because uh, I-, I can relate to that because I've had three relatives over the last five years. They all died. And it was all under medical care. Like right. one significant one was my uncle. He went in for something, some type of operation. Had it was very supposed to be not dangerous. Well, let's, let's be clear. He went in healthy. Right. He's not dead. Okay. Right. That's, he, that's the point. Right. He was not went, sick. In, went in healthy. Yeah. Came out dead. Right. And some, and he was on. And then, uh, it had him on a ventilator for some reason. Kiss of death. Yeah, right there. Yeah, and he he ended up brain dead. 
Oh, uh, they said he was brain dead. And but organ? Right. But when my parents went to visit, he seemed to alert, like he responded. He like he, right. he moved when he heard their voice, but he couldn't talk or anything like that. Oh, and they just, and they tried to say, Well, that's just, you know, involuntary reflexes. There's some excuse. I said, No. Right. He was conscious. Right. He just could not verbalize or let you know. Uh, that he could hear everything, but yeah. long story short, he ended up he ended up dying, right. and it's like what you said. You go in the house because I had an aunt. You she was calling, talking normally. Then one day, oh, she had these multiple heart attacks. All of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> in the hospital, I I would agree that medical intervention intervention is the cause of the death, but they're blaming it on something else. Um. So we got the. So the percent positive test in the United States is declining. Mm-hmm. But it's no different from. What is it? U.S. clinical laboratories reporting to national virus surveillance number of specimens tested in percent positive for SARS CoV 2. Uh, SARS CoV 2, which is COVID 19, was present in 2011. The level of COVID 19. Today is the same as it was in 2011 in positive testing. So all of a sudden we got this. COVID, yep. there's nothing new about COVID. It was here in 2011. Right. This is the CDC website. We give you the link to this one. I mean, the thing is, you scratch the surface on this, it just gets, it gets more shocking and more shocking. And, you know, it's like, what else do you need to know? So if you had to guess at it, what did you think they made a big deal out of this for? Because the first thing I get, the question when I say I don't believe in it, people will say to me, well, why did they shut down the whole country? What did they shut the whole country? Like, they're shocked. They don't think the government would actually do something like that, you know, exactly. without, with, without an agenda. And I'm like... The agenda. the agenda was to crash the stock market and rob the pensions while people were looking at COVID. Right. So the stock market, that was number one. Mm-hmm. The next one was to put all the small businesses out of business so we could create super monopolies. Mm-hmm. That's number two. So the government just made an announcement. Oh, all small business people uh, go home and uh, shut your businesses down for three or four months uh, so the monopolies can take over. No. Because mm-hmm. your big box stores stayed open. You had Walmart, you had Target. All of them stayed open the whole Somehow time. Somehow it was safe to go shop. At Walmart, 50, 100 plus people at a time, but it wasn't okay to go to your local business person one or two people at a time. Right. Yeah. You know, they shut down barbershops and, and, and beauty salons. And I'm, an, I'm, I'm a licensed barber. And we have strict sanitary rules when, when it comes to dealing with clients. So I'm like, I don't, I don't see how, you know, they couldn't implement something like that. So that put a lot of Oh, minority business owners out of business. Minority it's- business owners? What about the white business owners? Anybody? I mean, it's put these small businesses out of business. And they're not coming back, a lot of them. So they're here, not- yeah. Here, here it is. The flu, flu-like illness, which includes COVID-19, mm-hmm. dropped down to um, baseline levels the 17th week of the year. When was the 17th week of the year? I happen to have a calendar that measures weeks. 
Uh, the 17th week of the year or April. was April 19th. So April since April 19th, the amount of flu out there is less than baseline um, healthy, no, no illness present. So now that we got all of this civil unrest, Black Lives Matter, they're having all these marches. I don't. I've noticed that they're not even talking about, barely talking about COVID nineteen. Everything is staged. The Black Lives Matter is staged, and the COVID is staged. People were distracted again from what's going on. So what's really going on is the government has established it now has the right to tell you you can leave your home, you can't leave your home. Right. It has the right to tell you wear a mask, don't wear the mask. And so it's basically taking away your rights bit by bit and keeping you distracted. Mm-hmm. Now, whether Black Lives Matter or not, you know, I, I, I can't say. Well, actually, I can say. They don't matter. But not only do black lives not matter, but white lives don't matter either. So, I mean, we just need to be honest about this. Like we can just put all of our cards on the table. <laughs> so as far as our present uh, regime, whoever's running the show, none of our lives matter. Right. And so – um, I know there are a lot of people out there, whites included, who are saying, well, we need to really take this Black Lives Matter seriously. We need to address this black uh, people being abused. Yeah, yeah, but don't stop there. Once you finish addressing the blacks being abused, you need to spread it out a little bit and address everyone being abused. So we, we can start with blacks, okay? Okay, you know, appreciate that. Thank you. But you've got to go further, and you have to roll back uh, the government intrusion and incursion on people's mm-hmm. Simple human freedoms. Uh, the government has given the order to plow under crops and to euthanize animals. They basically interfere with people's right to food. They've right. set the stage for starvation in the United States in the next, uh, you know, four to six weeks. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So whoever's in charge of whatever they're in charge of, uh, no lives matter. And, and and blacks and whites need to understand they really are in the same sinking boat. What everyone needs to be doing right now is not out there demonstrating, but getting a piece of dirt, putting it in a shoebox, and planting something they can eat and what people need to be doing. You need to get a chicken, put it in your backyard, put it in your bedroom, your basement, whatever. Uh, you know, feed it your food scraps so you can eat that chicken uh, in three to four weeks, and then your family's not going to starve. Mm-hmm. But they're keeping people distracted and not doing what really matters. Right. Uh, they're out there marching. You should be like, I agree, they need to be growing something. Because yeah, right now, it looks like, oh, we're doing fine on groceries and stuff like that. But I'm looking at those shelves. They, like, you know, you would have fruits and you see abundance of them. They just have, have it rolled in one row at a time. But it's not... Right. I live in the jungle, so I live in the jungle. They can shut down all the food they want, and I can go to the backyard and pick something to eat. Right. It's pretty tough to starve where I am. Also, that food chain from the farm to the table is pretty short. Like I said, when you go in the backyard, put it on the table, that's pretty short. Mm-hmm. The guy who uh, raises the chickens throws it on a truck, truck drives to my neighborhood, and I say, okay, I'll take a chicken. Mm-hmm. So my food chain is really, really short. In the United States, the food chain is really long. The, the, the physical distance from your table to the farm is a very long walk. Mm-hmm. The uh, logistics is, is the government controls 
the real stat by controlling the slaughterhouses. The government can say, we are not slaughtering any chickens. We're not slaughtering any pigs. We're not slaughtering any cows. And then mm -hmm. here's the farmer. He can't get the food to the people. Mm -hmm. What's going on now, though, is many farmers are creating online workarounds to get food to people. And that's what people need to be working on. So while they're out there in the streets, their food supply chain is, is being cut. Mm -hmm. And that's the supply chain that's going to affect black, white, whatever your color is, it's going to affect you. Right. Now, the other thing that people don't know is our, our uh, slaughterhouses are owned by the Chinese. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So <laughs> now it's like, oh, we're shutting down all the slaughterhouses because of uh, COVID. Whoa, 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 all these slaughterhouses are owned by the Chinese. You mean the Chinese have a death grip on our food supply? Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure what all this means. It's just information for people to put in their thinking cap and sort out. But now is the time to figure out what it's going to take to keep you from starving. And you could put it in your freezer. You could. But the government has already established that it can cut the electricity whenever it wants to. Right. So what you really want, like I said, is get some chickens running around in the backyard. Maybe, I don't know what your family size is. But, you know, you can have a family size of four. You can make one chicken between uh, eating the chicken, eating chicken soup, boiling the bones, whatever. You can make that one carcass last a week so no one dies. Then you can kill the next chicken and so on and, you know, hatch chickens. Now, conveniently, in most cities, it's actually illegal to have chickens. Mm -hmm. So I say have rabbits, but pick something that you can eat. Um, you know, plant something edible. Most people also don't know, and you can go on YouTube. There's lots of really nice videos. You can take uh, one-fourth of your beet, plant it, and you have a whole new beet plant. You can take one-fourth, the bottom fourth of your onion, plant it, and you'll have onions. Yeah, I did um, that. Yeah. Potatoes, you can put them in a bucket. Now, potatoes take longer. Potatoes, you know, you got six months, whatever, but who knows how long things are going to last. So <coughs> people need to start getting resourceful and going outside. Even if you live in a city, digging up stuff and uh, some dirt, put it in some buckets, you know. And you need to also, you know, you should, you should have a distiller in your house that you're operating. Mm -hmm. um, and get distilled water, and distill your water, purify your water. You you think the government has done this to you? They shut you down over a non-existent microbe. Um, they've destroyed you economically. They're now cutting your food supply. You think you're not going to pump in some crap through your water? Really? I think they're already doing it because I distill my water. At the residue at the bottom of it is always white. Now it's brown and white. And it all ah. started right around COVID time. Okay. That's when I okay. started seeing the brown residue. Exactly. So that's telling me, and even though it's distilled, the water tastes different now. Then even ah. though I got so it what you should do then is make sure you have a charcoal filter and change that charcoal filter. Yeah, I have those. I have the big ones. But one. change it. Change. And so when you change it, you should notice that the taste goes back to normal. Okay. I mean, to a clear taste, right? right. You're, so, you're, so you're seeing it. They're already putting I stuff see in the water. They did something to the water, and a news bulletin came out right before they shut down 
telling people to boil their water in this one town, saying right. that it was uh, what's the uh, contaminated E. coli. E. coli. It was it's the same thing. They always say the same thing. Yeah, they've been yeah, saying that since I was ten years thing. old. Yeah, E. coli, boil your water, that type of thing. And I said, this is all coincidence that is happening now with the ramping up of shutting right. down. Right now, when you distill your water, it's already boiled as part of the distillation process. So you've got right. that base covered. It's already boiled. Right. Uh, yeah. So people are looking. They're 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 writing. They're blah blah blah, and they're not purifying their water. They're not fortifying their supply chain for their food and they're missing it and they're not reallocating their energy consumption so that they don't need it right so in other words you need to be you know get up with the sun go to bed with the sun okay fine don't need the lights um you need to sort out okay how can i preserve my food without refrigeration and you need to have some food that's preserved without refrigeration without electricity right and start building up those stores. Because I, I think everybody's getting distracted thinking COVID-19 is going by the wayside now. I mean, it's so big. I just turned on my, my Xbox One and they COVID-19, not COVID, uh, Black Lives Matter. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's paid ad. That is a paid advertisement. Right. It's right yeah. in, my, in the video game itself. I'm like... No, it's like when it's starting, the round is starting, it's there. Black Lives Matter with the with the message. I'm saying yeah, this is a high budget this is a high budget situation. Right. And I'm like now, okay. you you appear to be too young, so I don't know if you live through the civil rights movement. Oh, I'm sixty nine, so right, okay, right. So you're born after. Okay. Right. So I was born in fifty seven. So mm -hmm. I experienced it. Mm -hmm. So I lived in segregation. So segregation from uh, 57 to 68, basically. And then there was, of course, there's the riots in 68, and then there was uh, freedom, if you want to call it that, or post-whatever. Uh, believe it or not, blacks had more uh, economic freedom and wealth before civil rights. Right. I agree. And so... The civil rights movement, just like this movement today, was staged. Mm -hmm. The whole thing was staged. And, you know, a lot of well-meaning people got on board, got involved, but the basis of it was totally staged. And the problem was that blacks, because they refused health care, because uh, they refused to get involved in education, so blacks believed before, before civil rights, the education was a waste of time because you ain't getting no job, no way. So don't even go to college. Don't even go to college. That was number one. And don't matter what that teacher, because those grades ain't worth nothing. You can't go get a job with that piece of paper. So they didn't spend a penny on education. They did not spend a penny on health care because they knew the doctor was going to kill you. He's just going to kill you. Ain't no reason to show up. At least make the white man come get you. So um, they were uh, correct. For all the wrong reasons, they were correct, though. And what the government saw was it could not continue its present control over the country unless blacks started buying into those two big lies. Mm -hmm. And when they got blacks to buy into those lies with the civil rights movement, what happened? They extended their reach and control over the black community because now when the black kid went to school and the white teacher or the black teacher gave him a bad mark, he came home, parents would beat him. Mm -hmm. Before civil rights, that black kid would go to school, come home with a bad mark. Black parents would say, 
Uh, they don't mean nothing. You eat your food and, and, and you do your chores. Mm-hmm. Maintain control over that kid. Mm-hmm. Now what has happened is the parents have given up control by saying, I am going to fall in line with whatever assessment the teacher makes, slash mm-hmm. the government, basically. And gener- a whole generation of blacks have plunged themselves into poverty with educational debt, which mm-hmm. had they not gone, they wouldn't have had that debt. The next thing that's happened now is blacks have gotten involved in the healthcare system. They're showing up for annual exams. They're showing up for screenings, and they're being slaughtered. Mm-hmm. So when I was a kid, my grandparents both lived to be 100. Mm-hmm. Sharecroppers with no medical care and no education. And they had 10 kids. And they had 10 kids. Right. So now people have got health care. They've got education. They have fewer than 10 kids, and they're dying sooner. Mm-hmm. And because they've gone to debt for the health care and gone to debt for the education, <coughs> they don't have any savings. They have no net worth. Right. So, so the, but what happened was, so the people in power needed black doctors because they couldn't get blacks to take this poison from a white doctor. So here I am going to medical school, sitting through medical school, saying, okay, I'm here to learn how to heal so I can go back to my neighborhood and help my people, right? Mm-hmm. Simple, simple. So they're telling me in medical school how bad my people are, uh, giving me all kinds of therapies that don't work, dangerous, and actually going to kill people. I'm like, I can't bring this back to my neighborhood. <laughs> I went to Dean. I said, I can't take this back to my neighborhood. I need something better than this. And he kept, you know, putting me off semester, semester, next semester, whatever. But what happened was they got, by admitting blacks to medical school, now the black parents bought into the lie, beat their kids, forced their kids to be obedient to teachers, and basically admitted the spy in their house, uh, accepted the Trojan horse, basically. Right. Made them an enemy. You became enemies in your own house. Like with my... I, I wondered, I was trying to educate my daughter outside of the school system, and she always had an attitude about it. And then one day I just had an epiphany. I said, the reason why she don't want to listen to me because I programmed her to listen to these people in the school system. She doesn't yeah. see me as an educator. As an she just sees me as the guy who pays the bill. That's yeah, it. You gave, you gave up all your authority. You right. <laughs> That's all she sees. But one light that came out of COVID-19 when they sent the kids home and she's been here with me since all of this happened. I went on and took some, gave her some online classes on finances and things like that. I can talk to her now about education. So the programming kind of fell away because she had, right. wasn't to the, to the wasn't camp every day. Right. That's what to call it. So that, that really helped me see when you have your children around you more, then all of that programming drops off and then you can actually reach them. Now I exactly. see who does. It really creates a separation between the parent and the child. Yeah, like I talk about, oh, this teenage rebellion thing. No, 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 no. That's all manufactured by school creating the disrespect. Right, right. Yeah. And then the school programming, you see how intense it has to be and how quickly it wore off, right? So that's why they need the preschool program, the post-school program. They need that kid 24-7 all the time. Right. 
because what they're teaching him is so preposterous, so obviously untrue. All I got to do is look out the window and see it's a lie. You know, now, I remember when we spoke before, I told you she was a straight-A student. But she st- her grades started to drop <laughs> after she was with me. They were like, she had one, uh, like a D. Never seen one of those, right? Well, we, we I just helped her do the work, and she brought that grade up. No, but- no, no, no. Wrong, 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 wrong. You should not even get involved in that work. No, <laughs> let it, that let it don't go. matter. It don't matter. But when you start putting your energy and your time into the nonsense of school teaching, that gives her the message that this stuff is really important. My right. dad, who earns money, has put aside earning money to do this. No. Right. No. right. You're right. You need to let her stay a D student and say, good girl. Good girl. Uh, the, the, uh, it's a D student that rules the world. I mean, look at what's doing- his name, uh, Gates. College mm-hmm. dropout for Christ's sake, right? And he's got he's got a lock on COVID nineteen and vaccination. He's a COVID thirty. Right. He doesn't he's even he's have a college yeah. degree. <laughs> Not even a medical degree. Right? Yeah. Look at uh, Steve Jobs. College dropout. Yes, same thing. He dropped out. Yeah, he would. That's um, the only way to. That's the only way to wealth is to drop out. I'm so, a dropout. Exactly. <laughs> you need to let her let, let the D settle in. I, I'm a dropout. I I, I, I dropped out of school in the tenth grade. Yeah. Exactly. I, so let her. I got a walk in your step. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let her walk in your step. But she said to me, she said, "Is this stuff even necessary?" And I said, "No, it's not, because you're not going to use any of that in real life. No. What you're going to be dealing with is how you're going to make money to survive. That's that's your your life. You need to make money. How much money you're gonna make, and what you need to pay your bills. That's really gonna be the crux. Or of what even better, take it another level. How do you make sure you don't? How do you create a life where you don't have any bills? That's that's right. where I'm at right now. Right. I where's the bills? Kill it, kill it, kill it. Don't bill, don't bill. Okay. <laughs> right. Get rid of the bills. Get rid of the bills. Right. That bill showing up every month. Gotta go. Gotta go. Speaking, you when you're speaking about the, we were talking about the health thing. Someone wanted me to ask you about high blood pressure. Yeah. What what is it? How do you deal with that because they say African Americans have the highest amount of hypertension So when they say you got to pin them down who says and get a name on it and call up and say you. Hey, oh, oh you. You didn't tell me about this. The so news says I that. tell people Major if anyone is you should not believe any nameless faceless voices. Right. Like that news person reading that, what does she know? Did she check right. that out? Is that true? How she know? Right. So obviously, anything you get in six o'clock news is simply false. That's not just that way. So what's the question about high blood pressure? What is their question that they have? Oh, how to deal with it when they, if they're diagnosed with that? Okay, so you've missed the point. Should you <laughs> deal with it? <laughs> Let's start with that. <laughs> Should you deal with it? Should you deal with it? So basically, so long, long, is, long story short, uh, all the therapy for hypertension does not help you live a minute longer. Right. It's Just like uh, the therapy for high cholesterol. Well, high cholesterol therapy actually kills you sooner. That, that's, right. a, a, <laughs> that's established. <laughs> right. So high um, blood pressure, though, the studies they have done show that it takes 99 years of taking high blood pressure medicine every single day as your doctor um, recommends in order for you to live one more day. So if you start taking your high blood pressure medicine, so the average person around 40, right? Add 99 to that. 
that'd be 130. So if you could live, or 140, so if you could live 140 years, then having taken the blood pressure medicines will help you live to 141 years of age. Wow. <laughs> so it's a waste of time, basically. At least. It's a waste of time and a waste of money, and I assume people will die sooner from their blood okay. pressure medicines. I've not seen anyone live any longer. Right. I, I had a guy, he's a... Uh, my brother's eight years younger than me. They're around the same age. So he's around 42, 43. He just died last week. Yeah. He had died. Blood pressure he, medicine. He, yeah, yeah, he was on blood pressure medications. He had, he, he had every, whatever they said, African oh, wait, no, no. he had. The uh, blood pressure medicines cause diabetes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. He had diabetes. <laughs> Oh, he was on dialysis. Exactly. Uh, the blood pressure medicines cause kidney failure and dialysis. So the whole thing, you, you, you walk in, it's like walking into a meat grinder. You just are not going to win. You're not, it's not going to end good. Right. I mean, so he's... Well, say, well, how, what drug should I need? What about this specialist? No. No. Yeah, in the same situation, I have an uncle in the same situation. He, he started out with some issue. Well, let's talk about the cure. What's the cure? What's the cure for diabetes? Yeah. What's the cure for hypertension? Yeah. Both of them are symptoms of dehydration and constipation, period. Drink more water, poop more often, that goes away. Wow. That's a simple story, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not here trying to turn anyone into a forever client or slave or anything. I got no skin in the game. I'm 63, and you know, maybe I got 30 more years left on this earth, 40, who knows, whatever. But, you know, I don't, I don't have this multi-generational medical industrial complex goal in mind. Mm -hmm. So when you go to your doctor, he is a cog in the wheel of a multi-generational process to enslave you and all of your progeny with these drugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree because when it, I think one of the diagnoses, when they have dialysis, they tell them they can't drink water. Don't drink too much. that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like... My uncle told me that. I said, wait a minute. You need water to flush your kidneys. You have to drink water. He said, well, it said it could, it could cause more complications. Yeah. You know, it cause yeah. more complications for them not being able to drink. <laughs> 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 not for you. It'll make you feel better. And he listened to it. Now he's lost the toe, dialysis, cancer now. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he's begging for the treatment. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Oh, y'all found something. They said, well, we don't want to do anything with it now. He said, no, get it. You know, do the radiation. He is begging for them to get it. Right, them. and that's the civil rights movement created. It's right. taken strong men and turned them into groveling. And, yeah. and this was a children. strong man. We just had our um, Past tense, yes. anniversary, and my parents' 50th anniversary, and he could barely stand up five minutes. Correct. And this is like brawny, you know, manly man that couldn't even do this. Now thing. he needs government assistance. How else is he going to pay for dialysis? He's become a total government first kind of guy. He's a, you know, he's a veteran too, so he's getting that oh, check. Yeah. I said, they're just milking out your insurance until they can't milk it anymore. You know, I told him, frankly, you're going to be in hospice pretty soon, you know, after they. You're not even that. But I mean, if you look at the bigger uh, picture here, what has really happened is he has become a cog in the money-making machinery and just being fleeced and fleeced and fleeced of everything. When I say everything, I mean his very breath. Yeah. But that's what uh, will blast me to real realize that this 
uh, police brutality thing is a total distraction from you living your life. And if you do the math, uh, yeah, it's a problem, but it's one in a million problem. Whereas this healthcare problem is a one-on-one problem. You you encounter healthcare, hundred percent chance you're going to be harmed. Well, because I think they're taking more blacks and African Americans out than the police are. Absolutely. Are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the black doctors too. They just want to put a black face on it. That black well, doctor has got to give you the same yeah. deadly drugs that white doctor would have given you had you gone to the white doctor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I, that's where the real deaths are happening in the hospital. Um, yeah, but wait, not even in the hospital, because if you go home and take those blood pressure medicines, you'll just drop that at home. No one will even make the connection. Well, you know, he had high blood pressure. And I know a lot of young guys who died at a very early age from those with high blood pressure, different things they attributed to his, you know, they said it was eating habits, but I think, well, I know the medicine. A lot of water and a lot of poop can really, um, offset some pretty bad eating habits. Right. Yeah. So if you can increase your water intake, increase your poop output, your body can handle a lot of stuff. You know, you don't have to be as perfect. Right. Yeah. Like I got an aunt. She dates, she grew up as a farmer and she's hundred and three now. And yeah. she's basically yeah, people are not looking at the real what's really uh killing them, what the real risk is. And yeah. the other thing to look at is Okay, you've got uh, some notable people who've amassed some wealth, Mm -hmm. and they're doing that. They're black, and they've done that even in the face of, we'll call it racism or discrimination. So why can't we just show the present blacks who are not achieving how the other folks managed to achieve despite the racism and just leave the racism alone? Mm -hmm. Treat it like, like a cliff. You just walk around. You don't go jump off a cliff. There's other things to do in life. So that's the way I treat the police or the government, just something to be avoided and minimized in my life. So once no. I lost my medical license, I said, whoa, whoa, let me look at my other licenses. Driver's license. I really need that now. Forget the driver's license. Any other permissions? Yeah, let's get rid of all of them. Yeah, okay, good. Send up that, send up that wallet. Not so many cards. Um, and then uh, health insurance life insurance, disability insurance, stop all that stuff. Before you know it, you're getting to be pretty darn wealthy. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a shortcut right there to millions. You know what I noticed? A lot of the politicians live, they're, they're, they're running offices and they're in their 80s, 73, looking healthy. Are they using different medical insurance than the average Joe out there? Uh, they are using different means. The health, right. No, no. The health insurance is the same for everybody, okay? Right. Even they, when they get involved with health with health system, it it does not end well. Like, look at um, President Clinton. He had yeah. a heart condition. They botched his surgery three friggin' times. He finally had to say, you know what? I'm I'm done here. We're done here. I I I'm gonna go change my diet. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And uh, Kennedy, so, uh, Kennedy um, the one with the brain tumor. Yeah. He, you know, got his medical therapy, and let, I think he let him do surgery and radiation. I said, you know what? I think I'll just die with dignity. I'm through with you guys. Mm-hmm. So the, the health care is the health care. It's the health care. No matter how rich you are, there is no such thing as good health care. I'm just, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I just threw that question out there because some people have asked me, well, you got. 
Oh, Trump is 73. Pelosi is, I think she's close to 80 or around 80. Um, and what are they doing? Yeah, maybe they're eating the blood of little children. Maybe they're taking <laughs> supplements. I have no idea what they're doing. But yeah, it's not the health care. <laughs> it is not the health care that is keeping them going. I'll just tell you that. Maybe it's really body doubles and, uh, you know, Pelosi's died three times and they replaced her. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The body double thing sounds like a feasible argument because sometimes you hear something one day, then you, is this the same person who said that that day, you know? No, they do have, they do have body doubles. So all the leaders do have body doubles. Okay. I I figured as much. (laughs) Yeah. All right. You got a minute left, so go ahead and. All right. I have another another, uh, appointment. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, vitalitycapsules.com. That's where you find me. <laughs> and you do discovery sessions too. Yes, yeah, so there are appointments available, limited. You know, there's not very many, but um, oh. also vitalitycapsules.com. You can get your free report, the Candida Cleaner, which tells you all about the wonders of serpentine, which was the cure-all for everything um, before the present uh, situation uh, took hold. Actually, and I personally um, use it. Right now, I'm doing like three or four times a week now. Exactly. I take it myself. I absolutely love it. And I have to tell your uh, viewers, I am 63 years old. So this is what it looks like. Right. I know people in their 20s look horrible. <laughs> like they're on their deathbed. Yeah. You look yeah, really it's, great. It's unfortunate. All right. Yeah. So vitalitycapsule.com, get your free report, the Candida Cleaner, and of course, get your vitality capsule. All right. Thank you for another uh, interview. We need to schedule another one. I know you got another appointment, so just send me a message on Skype when you can do it again. Okie doke. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye.